Welcome to As I Live and Grieve, a podcast that tells the truth about how hard this is. We're glad you joined us today. We know how hard it is to lose someone you love and how well-intentioned friends and family try so hard to comfort us. We created this podcast to provide you with comfort, knowledge, and support. We are grief advocates, not professionals, not licensed therapists. We are you. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to As I Live and Grieve. I say this every week, but I'm going to say it again. We have a great guest today, another repeat guest, Matthew Marini. Welcome back. Thank you so much for having me, Miss Kathy. How have you been? I've been well, thank you. So glad to have you back again. And the topic today is, I think, a very timely one. And it's also a fascinating one to me. So before we get started on that, today's topic will be green burial options. But before we get started on that, Can you just refresh for our listeners a little bit of your background? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, again, my name is Matthew. I've been in funeral service for nine years now. And uh, along my journey so far in the funeral profession, I've had the the honor of taking care of families in a lot of different capacities, mostly in the at-need capacity at the beginning of my career, helping families during the time of loss. Uh, Recently and now currently, I've focused uh, more on the pre-need side of things, helping our families plan. And all along the way, I've had the ability and the honor to to educate people about veteran services, green burial options, and many different ways to help uh, make a special celebration of life for their loved one and, and themselves, too. Well, in other words, Matthew is an amazing resource, not only about funerals in the traditional sense, but now he's becoming more and more acquainted with the many different alternative options. So this is this is going to be really, really good. And he's got some exciting information for us. I've had a little bit of a preview. So Matthew, my friend, one of my best friends, Google, actually defines a green burial this way. A way of caring for the dead with minimal environmental impact that aids in the conservation of natural resources, reduction of carbon emissions, protection of worker health, and the restoration and or preservation of habitat. That's pretty wordy, Mm. but I think we can kind of summarize it by a green burial option is one that has a little bit more concern for the environment. And we all know that environmental awareness is a very hot topic in our society and in our cultures. So it seems to me there seems to be a trend in the funeral industry toward these green or natural burials. Do you agree? Oh, absolutely. And I I think really what it comes down to is what you just said is the fact that there is a strong focus in today's today's world of how do we reduce our carbon footprint? How do we reduce our negative impact on the earth so that we have an earth to leave for our families of the future, right? Exactly. Yeah. And so because of that, and because it kind of brings people back to the roots of like, you know, their ancestors almost of how they may have gone about having uh, burials and things of that nature in a a healthier manner for the environment. uh, Yeah, I definitely think that that's one of the reasons that that has become more of a more common option nowadays for a lot of people. Right. Which can also, of course, make the whole thing a lot more confusing for people because we have the traditional 
burials where there's a grave with a tombstone. And I remember as a child, I was brought up in the family environment that every Memorial Day and every Labor Day, first we went to the greenhouse and we bought flowers. Then we went to the cemetery, two different cemeteries, one for the maternal grandparents, one for the paternal grandparents, and we planted flowers and tended to the grave site and everything like that. I confess, though, I have buried loved ones, mother, father, husband, and even an infant, and I have never returned to the graveside. So, traditions kind of change. I have always had that concept, that perspective, if you will, that, you know, graves are just not fun. They're kind of depressing. They remind you of the dead, and death for me for decades was very, very difficult. I literally would run from the topic, literally, when my mom wanted to discuss her plans that she was making for her own funeral, I would always find a way to avoid that conversation. Usually I had a meeting or something. So the thought of some of these green burial options, to me personally, has more of an uplifting, more, I won't say inspirational, but more of a sense that it's not final that there's something beyond that heavily secured coffin that goes in a vault yeah, in the ground. Right, yeah. And, you know, I mean, even Genesis 3.19 says, from dust we are born or created, and to dust we shall return. But how do you return to dust if you're in a metal coffin inside a concrete vault? Right. Anyway, let's get started. Yeah. Recently, I had a cousin pass, and part of the wishes, instead of flowers, which of course die, was to purchase a tree that would be planted to memorialize my dead cousin. Mm -hmm. My brother and I chipped in together when we bought a grove of three trees. Okay. Where did, now, you, do, where did you do that at? Where did you purchase it? Oh, I, it was through the funeral home. There was a link to the website. I don't even remember the name of it. Okay. But there was not a name given to the location of the trees or the type of trees. You had no options. Mm. It would be wherever they were going to be planted, they would find a tree that would do well in that environment. I understand. So let's talk about trees. This is an option. This, of course, was just planting a tree in memory of someone, which right. is something we've been able to do all along. Sure. But there are some green burial options around trees and roots and plants and things. Let's start there. What have you got? Yeah, well, a lot of the times, if you, so one of the best places, if you're wondering, where can I find a green burial cemetery? Where can I find a funeral home that's been sponsored or is uh, sponsored by the, for green burials? Uh, you would want to go to the Green Burial Council's website because they are the, the foremost the leader in green burials, and they've really been a strong proponent of this movement for decades now. Wow. Yeah, and you'll, what you'll find is a lot of, not all, but a lot of green burial-oriented cemeteries use nature as the cemetery itself. You know, you, you don't see headstones or concrete right. markers marking the cemetery. More often than not, it's um, maybe a GPS location inside the, the woods where oh. the cemetery is located at, right? And they'll actually do the burial in ground there in the woods and maybe use a natural marking, 
sometimes with plaque, but very often they try not to introduce anything that's mm -hmm. man-made, not natural to the environment. Um, and of course, you know, this all goes back to the, the process that, strange as it is to say, you know, decomposition actually is part of the natural cycle. And oh. from that process, nutrients are given back into the earth and it can help strengthen the the surrounding environment where somebody has had a natural green burial without the metal or even wood casket without mm. the concrete burial container without the harmful chemicals that are used oftentimes for preservation through the embalming process um, using uh, certain uh, types of materials to shroud the body that again are can be uh, can decompose properly and not harm the environment and um you know, there's a book that I always recommend to families with small children. It's called The Fall of Freddie the Leaf. Maybe right. you're familiar with I'm that. I'm familiar with that one. And it's short, very short, you know, it's about Freddie, a leaf who's on a, mm -hmm. on a tree branch. And uh, he has a friend who's another leaf. And his friend explains to him that one day he's going to fall. And mm -hmm. he's not to be scared because when he does, he's only to give back to the health of the tree. Right. And it's that cycle of life. And mm -hmm. so that right there in a way is very much how and i think you said you know you don't want to say it is uplifting but again it continues the cycle it's not this right. isn't the end this is to give to the future right? right to our planet um so i think that that's uh that's a little bit right there the other really cool thing that you can do or that people can have the choice of doing is in the regards to the cremation process once the cremation is done they, there's a product out there in this world called a living urn. And a living urn is a biodegradable bamboo wooden case that the cremated, the ashes can be placed into. There's a root protector, there's soil nutrients that are included in the package. The family finds a place to bury that bamboo urn with the ashes in it. And along with the, the container, part of that purchase is also choosing a flower, uh, plant, or a tree from the the nursery of options uh, to plant there as well. Again, giving back to that whole cycle of life. And I would, you know, it's been a long time since I've raised kids and my, even my grandchildren now are teenagers, but it would seem to me that choosing a green burial option, such as the ones you just mentioned, might make for an easier conversation with your children, right? It very well could. Because they have an opportunity to think of a tree or a flowering plant that might mark where the burial took place. And it gives them something a little more you know, uplifting, a little more positive. The, the ability to be able to contribute to your love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Memorialization can be a really fundamental part of the grieving process. Being able to right, so right. It, so it could be helpful in that respect. Yeah, I, I would think it would be. And I have heard of the living urns and everything, and I think that's a great concept as well. Now, people can choose where they want to put that, correct? They, they could be in their backyard if they wanted. Certainly could be, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. So my understanding is I've gone and, and looked at some of these options. They don't seem to be available countrywide. Right. They, there seem to be limited locations. Why? The traditions of the area, the culture, you know, every part, while we're all part of the same country, any, you know, corner that you go to can be profoundly different. And, um, you know, I'm in New Jersey, right? 
We nice. only have two cemeteries in the state of New Jersey that are sponsored by the Green Burial Council. Uh, and one of them is completely 100% green, where the other one is has a green section to it. But if you go to other parts of the country, and I imagine if you go out to the West Coast, uh, where this is a much more prevalent uh, topic of conversation and right. opportunity, you know, there's a lot more options out there. I imagine you would find a lot more cemeteries that offer these types of services. It also has to do with the amount of space that's available, the type of space that's available, density of the population in certain areas. Uh, I imagine all those geographic and sociological uh, factors really play a role into that for sure. Right. And I mean, you can do this, you know, we talk mainly about losing our loved ones, people in our family, but you could do this for pets also. You can use these same green options for pets. Absolutely. Pets are family. I know my dogs are very, very close to me. They're like, ours they're too. my fur babies. They are yeah. my fur children. So ours, ours too. So that's, that's nicer. I know um, the last dog that I had that belonged to my husband and I, when I had to have him euthanized and I went to the vet, you know, the, my, the choices I was given were very limited. Mm-hmm. It was get the ashes back, uh, have him buried in a single plot, a group plot, or just an unknown disposition and I don't even want to know about that but the options were very limited but um I suppose it's just an unmarked you know they cremate and take all the ashes I don't know at any rate so this would be a really nice way to memorialize your pet because pets are very important to us absolutely so it's quite natural to think of taking either the body or the ashes from cremation and doing something and putting them in the ground. That's a very natural concept. We don't have any problem with that. But you told me about an exciting new option, and this is an option underwater. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Tell me about it. Tell us all about it. What you are referring to is the only underwater cemetery in the entire world. It's called the Neptune Memorial Reef. This cemetery started as a, an, actually an art project that just really took a completely different direction than the creator, I think, had anticipation for. But it's located three and a half miles off of the Miami uh, Key Biscayne. At that distance out there, the cemetery is located about 40, uh, 40 feet underwater. Yeah. When it's fully complete, it's going to be 16 acres. And wow. what it is, it's it's being designed to be sort of like a replica of a sunken Atlantis. And okay. all the nooks and crannies and every aspect of this Neptune Memorial Reef has been designed with the benefit of the sea life and the surrounding environment in mind. So uh, even so much that they put in benches just so that the nocturnal fish would have a place to go during the day because their original design had no place for nocturnal creatures to go and hide from predators. As oh, my goodness. Yeah, no, it's really cool. So how does that all work into a funeral service? So aspects, all different parts of this underwater structure have different niches, have little niches inside. Niches okay. a place for you to, for cremated remains to be placed. Okay. So they give families a few different options. You could have your loved one cremated. And then scattered over the area of the mm-hmm. reef itself. And they provide a certificate always. They always provide 
photos and of the, the scattering or the service taking place too as part of the package. You could also purchase a space, a niche underwater in part of the structure to have the, the ashes placed. They'll put a bronze plaque on there just like they would at a cemetery. Wow. Yeah, and then the other really cool thing that they're, they're able to do is take someone's cremated remains and actually mix them with cement and mold that into a, a sea or nautical type creature that would be actually found in the environment there. They call it a placement. So, um, but it's the most prolific, a couple really cool things about the Neptune Memorial Reef is that it's the most prolific reef in all of Florida. Uh, it is home to so many different types of life and new in life that they haven't seen in the area in years is starting to come back to this area. Um, mm. Yes, it's really, really quite amazing. And anybody can go there. It's actually the uh, number one place for scuba divers to go in Miami as well. So people can yeah. go and be able to visit their loved ones and memorialize as well. That was going to be my toddler question. Can you go visit? Yes, um, <laughs> yes you can. In That's fact, incredible. They will, they will charter a boat for the family and up to 30 to 50 people can be there and families will make an entire an entire you know gathering right. at, the, at, at the memorial reef as part of the placement of their loved ones down there oh my goodness that's absolutely amazing yeah. have they started placing people yet yeah they've done several thousand placements already right. down there they're that's incredible i think they've put together about two acres so far of the total yeah. property uh, but they have plans of continuing to grow it. They've already overcome several different obstacles, making sure that it'd be structurally sound through different hurricanes and things of that nature. Goodness. Um, yeah, there's a lot that went into it, uh, but it's truly a remarkable, a remarkable idea and a remarkable option that's been put into this world. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. And it's the Neptune Reef. The Neptune Memorial Reef. You can go on. Memorial Reef. Just go right onto Google. And if mm -hmm. you search that, you will find a plethora of information about I'll it. I'll bet. Yeah. I'm sure the videos must be amazing, too. They must be absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's tremendous. And I think, uh, yeah, yeah it, especially for people that love being around the water. Or, sure. Yeah, it's one of those sure. things where you actually get to be a part of something, again, that's giving back to the environment, right? Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's incredible. That's, that's very exciting. And that's one that I had not heard of, but it's going to take me a minute to absorb that one. <laughs> so if someone, if there's a death in your family and you make that trip to the funeral home, mm -hmm. are funeral directors now kind of mentioning some green burial options um, or do they wait for the family to bring it up? I, I know it probably depends with the, depends on the funeral home and the person. Yeah, it depends really also what types of options are available um, in your local area. So, okay. you know, for the funeral homes that I represent, we don't have a green cemetery within like two hours of us. So okay. it's really not something that is very often talked about. We do get some families that inquire about it. Ultimately, as a good consumer ever, it's always important to be educated and to know the right. things that are available because um, there are people in all professions who may kind of have a 
a routine that they go through, right? Certain things that they're accustomed to always offering and newer options and maybe things that are a little bit more unique might not always come to the front of their mind when they're trying to figure out how to put together a beautiful celebration of somebody's life. So right. that's why also, if you're looking for some uh, provider that has expertise in that, going back to the Green Burial Council's website to search for what funeral providers they sponsor oh. is a really great option as well. Back to that resource. Great idea. And suppose, because I know this has happened, and I know um, I held on to my husband's ashes for several years after he died, mm -hmm. because I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do with them. So I'm sure that there may be people out there that still have the cremation ashes in their possession. Mm -hmm. um, I, know, I know some of them. One of them lives in my home. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. So, you know, when they hear something like this, or if they're aware of any green options now, they may decide, hmm, let me do something other than keep them on the shelf, so to speak. Sure. I would have my daily conversations with, with Tom, uh, kind of sitting at my desk, and, and his ashes were on a shelf uh, in front of me, but, but up above, and we would have our conversations. But if people want to do that, now that they're relationship with their funeral home is done over for however long it is. Can they go back to that same funeral home or even a different one and ask for some help finding a green option? Oh, absolutely. 100%. And any good funeral provider is going to want to be able to help um, provide some of that information. It is important to know that uh, in most places, uh, you cannot just scatter cremator remains wherever you would like. Um, there are certain rules about scattering at sea. For example, you're supposed to be two nautical miles off of the coast before you scatter cremator remains. Um, and so state, county, township rules and regulations, they differ everywhere you go. So it's always important as part of your process of trying to figure out what am I going to do with mom's cremator remains now? If you're not sure about what the legal requirements are, reach out to a funeral provider. Reach out okay. to the professional that hopefully the funeral home that serviced your family through the cremation was kind and empathetic and you know uh, informative enough that you would feel comfortable going back to there. Right. Yeah. Right. For okay. Sure. Good. And certainly the Green Burial Council's website. Now, do they have a listing of funeral homes, funeral directors? that can offer green burial options? So do, I, do you have to have a certification or anything? So actually, when you go to greenburialcouncil.org, they actually have a find, right at the top, they have a find GBC providers, and they separate okay. that between cemeteries and funeral homes. And oh. for the, the funeral homes, it's separated uh, alphabetically between the United States and Canada. Um, but yes, there are certain things a funeral home would need to do uh, to be certified by the GBC as a green burial provider doesn't mean that they have to be sponsored or certified uh, right. to provide green burial options. But right. this is a leading a leading voice in green burial world. Uh, right. Certainly, it, it makes sense to have the backing of you know of that right. kind of resource. Right. Um, yeah, I had just one more question, I think, and I just want families to know because I was made aware of this um, at, at Tom's funeral when I was doing the planning and everything, that you can take 
a very small amount of the cremation of a cremation ashes and have them either inserted in something or created create a memorial item with them. They, you can do ornaments, you can do hand-blown glass. What are some of the other things that you can have done? Just if people say, okay, I don't want to take all the ashes, I, I got to keep some of them. I'm going to go through, just off the top of my head, a list of some different things I know people, what that people have done with, with okay. ashes before. You have a lot of different jewelry options. Your funeral provider is going to have jewelry options that you can always ask to see. You can also always go online. There's a lot to find online there as well. I have had families that have worked with artists and glass blowers. We have our company, our funeral home does that for our families where they will take some small amounts of cremated remains and mix them into a glass orb, as you just mentioned, mm -hmm. it comes out beautifully. Yeah. Um, there is the option to send some cremated remains, some ashes to space as well. Uh, oh, wow. There is a company that provides that service also. I know of people that have worked with a company that uh, took some cremator, uh, some ashes. Sorry, the new the, the term is ashes. We were told for so long to say cremator remains, and it just <laughs> doesn't seem appropriate. It never does to me. So the public knows it as ashes. I and think that's why it's not appropriate <laughs> to say the other, and that's something yeah. that we've been talking about recently in this profession. Um, but. Uh, I knew a, a family that took some ashes and mixed them. They had a company that mixed some of the ashes in with live ammunition because the family liked to go shooting. Like, and that was a part of their their right. history. Right. Um, a gentleman that uh, had some of his loved ones' ashes mixed in with golf balls because that was a part of their life. You know, wow. there's pottery options. There's there's so many different artistic options out there that are available. Um, jewelry is certainly a, a very prolific one. I have some cremation jewelry myself, um, and that's always a nice way to keep a little bit of your loved one with you. They have urns of all different sizes. So there's mm -hmm. full-sized urns. There's keepsakes, which are tiny little urns that hold just a, a fraction of the amount of ashes. Again, jewelry as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of different things out there that you can do. It's really quite incredible. So never let your imagination limit you, because if you can think it, there's probably an option it for it. Done. I know I've even heard some that have had been made into, they call them diamonds, but I mean, they're a man-made gem. I've heard that, and I there was another place um, I was doing some research for something else, and I ran across it. One place will take them and turn them into multiple garden stones, and then you can kind of pass them out to the family, and you can all have a little bit of the remains of your loved ones. So there's all kinds. Of... Yeah. Well, this has been a very quick, very quick episode, but the topic's been fascinating. So this is the time, Matthew, where I'm going to turn the microphone over to you, and I'm going to let you talk directly to our listeners and tell them anything you would like them to know. I want you to know that whatever it is that you decide to do with either your ashes or your remains or your loved one, um, Always do it just, just with love and appreciation, thoughtfulness. Um, it's really important to make sure that we're always following, uh, either having people follow our own wishes or following the wishes of others. Uh, it's important to have that peace of mind. Uh, your best resources are going to be your funeral providers, especially if you have a trusted one. The internet does have a lot of information as well. This podcast always has a ton of fantastic information. Um, and I just want to thank you for allowing me to be here to, to be able to speak to your listeners and 
hopefully uh, impart a little bit of knowledge uh, that they didn't have otherwise before this. So thank yeah. you, Miss Kathy, always. You're very welcome. It's been my pleasure. Um, totally my pleasure. It uh, It's a topic, I think, that needed to be discussed. And again, I, I was thinking mainly of people that still are hanging on to those cremated remains. I'll say yeah. it correctly for you. No ashes. Um, <laughs> cremated ashes? Just ashes. Oh, oh. All right. Well, anyway, um, and and again, you know, people that may say, well, I need to do something with them. I want to do something with them because they're still in the box that I brought them home from the funeral home. So, you know, these are some options for you. And if you are planning your own funeral and doing that type of end of life planning that Matthew is helping others with, then this may be something a little unique for you to consider as well. The thought of being buried in the Neptune Reef underwater to me is fascinating, but I've always been afraid of drowning, so I'm not sure that would be the right thing for me. Might be a little bit backwards, but I will say <laughs> if you, especially regardless of what your wishes are, whether they be traditional or whether they be something a little bit newer outside of the box, um, literally and figuratively, it's important right. to pre-plan for yourself. It's a really important part of the process. Don't leave that to your family to have to try to figure out what you did want or guess or remember or whatever the case may be. Yeah. If, you, if you know what you want, find a funeral provider that you trust and start pre-planning. It's not, it's not going to put a jinx on you. It's not going to put the maloik on you. All it's going to do is make sure your family does not have to deal with a very difficult day without some assistance. Right. You know, and I kind of make light of my, my mother, who, as I say, planned her, her funeral to the most minute detail, so much so that it's always something that brings a smile on any member of the family as we kind of remember it. But I have to say, when the time came after she died and my brother and I had to go do that thing with the funeral home, the fact that she had gone to all that trouble was an incredible gift to us because it took all of that stress away, all of that stress of choosing options and thinking about different alternatives. It was all done. So if you can't quite think to do it for yourself, do it for the people that may be left behind, especially your kids. It's an incredible gift to them, and I speak from experience. So I want to wrap up. I have found a quote by someone who's quite well known across the country, Caitlin Doughty, who's a mortician, mm -hmm. and she's written many books, but she writes kind of with this dark humor and everything. But I found a quote of hers. This is from her book, Smoke Gets in Your Eyes and Other Lessons from the Crematory. Mm. And it captures not only the concept of green burial options, but also kind of a unique perspective on how we might look at it. So here's the quote. The way to break the cycle and avoid embalming the casket, the heavy vault, is something called green or natural burial. It is only available in certain cemeteries, but its popularity is growing as society continues to demand it. The body goes straight into the ground in a simple biodegradable shroud with a rock to mark the location. It zips merrily through decomposition, shooting its atoms back into the universe to create new life. 
not only is natural burial by far the most ecologically sound way to perish, it doubles down on the fear to fragmentation and loss of control. Making the choice to be naturally buried says, not only am I aware that I'm a helpless, fragmented mass of organic matter, I celebrate it. Viva la decay. End quote. She's somebody special. That's wonderful. Anyway, it's time for us to wrap up. So to you listeners, wherever you may be around the world, consider green burial options. Consider end-of-life planning. Let that be the final gift that you can give your family. So until next week, stay well, take care of yourself, as we all continue to live and breathe. Thank you so much for listening with us today. Do you have a topic that you'd like us to cover or do you have a question from one of our episodes? Please email us at info at asiliveandgrieve.com and let us know. We hope you will find a moment to leave a review, send an email, and share with others. Join us next time as we continue to live and grieve together.